I know a lot has happened since last week, but I do want you to go back and to recall last week's uh, gospel. Hopefully you remember it, and if you do, you'll know that, uh, you'll remember that uh, St. Peter is, well, all the disciples are asked, who do, you, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they answer, who do you say that I am? And Peter answers, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus says, flesh and blood does not reveal this to you, but my Heavenly Father. And today what we have follows directly on the heels of that. So Peter's proclamation where he gets it absolutely right and today where he gets it absolutely wrong. Absolutely, totally wrong. So much so that some would say what uh, Jesus says to Peter today wipes out everything. They tend to be a little bit more anti-Catholic, but they wipe out everything because Peter gets it so wrong and Jesus is calling him Satan. King of the underworld. Well, that isn't what's necessarily happening here. Satan isn't first and foremost a name, but rather a noun to describe. Satan means accuser. One who sets up stumbling blocks, who tries to force others to not do God's plan, not do God's will in their lives. And Peter at this moment is being that kind of person. Somebody who's not allowing Jesus to do what he is called to do. And it all begins with this proclamation that Jesus does. He begins to reveal to them that he must suffer. He hasn't even told them how yet, but he must suffer. At the hands of the chief priests, the scribes, the elders, that he must die. God forbid that will never happen. The one who said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God, suddenly not allowing what that means to be real. It's almost as if Peter is telling Jesus, you're not that kind of Messiah. You're going to be a political political Messiah. You're going to ride into Jerusalem. You're going to kick all the false uh, worship out. You're going to kick the Romans out. You're going to kick those that are opposed to God's will out. You're going to be that kind of conquering hero Messiah. That's one way of understanding what the word Christ means. And we have that. Xerxes in the Old Testament is called a Christ, a Messiah. He was that kind of political leader, even though he wasn't even Jewish. But he saved the Jewish people by doing that. But Christ is not that kind of Messiah. Jesus Christ is not that kind of Messiah. He's not here to save us for for a temporal matter save us in this world, but rather to save us for eternity. If anyone knew the will of God the Father, it would have been the Son, the second person of the Trinity. And so when Peter says, you're not that kind of Messiah, Jesus says, well, that's exactly the kind of Messiah I am. You're thinking as human beings do, not as God does. And he tells them that We must deny ourselves to take up our own cross to follow him. What good is it to gain the whole world at the risk of losing our souls? He seems to be rebuking Peter again completely. So if you remember last week to the homily, I, I shared that St. Peter is given the keys of the kingdom. He's told what you bind will be bound in heaven, 
what you what you lose will be loosed in heaven. But he cannot proclaim something untrue. And here we have that at at its very root. Peter cannot change the type of Messiah Jesus Christ is. He must accept God's will for Christ. And in the end, and only then, can he gain everything. The same is true for our lives. So often we we think that uh, uh, we know we have to serve God. And and I read a few years ago, and it was something that I think about frequently. All of us want to serve God, but many many of us only in an advisory capacity. As long as God does what we want him to do, well, that's good. But as soon as he challenges us, as soon as we might see some hardship or as soon as things might not be as we intend, well, that's where we draw the line. We think that somehow God's plan is somehow opposed to our happiness. We're not even talking about the realm of sin and how sin tempts us and gives us this false happiness, but just in certain good things. But to follow the will of God means to find ultimate happiness. That when we follow God's will, it will take us to heights we could not even imagine. It might even take us to depths we do not imagine. Today in our first reading, we have Jeremiah saying, oh, You duped me, Lord, and I let myself be duped. Talk about the depths. He was thrown into a pit because he kept preaching that the time is going to come that Jerusalem is going to be attacked. People are going to be put to death. We need to turn back to the Lord. And did they listen to him? No, they threw him into a pit. And that's there where he says, you duped me. And yet, I cannot do anything other than preach your word. And in the end, he realizes this is where he's going to find true happiness. Not a happiness that doesn't, so often when we think of happiness, we think of something that feels good. Happiness is beyond that. Happiness is being good. Jesus Christ, when he gives us, or shows us, rather, God's will, he gives us true and lasting happiness beyond our imagining in ways that we could not even begin to imagine. But that takes faith. So often we might stand like St. Peter, God forbid, that should never happen. I have to admit, I said that a few times this week, God forbid, God forbid. No, it's not supposed to happen that way. But it does. When we submit to the will of God, when we learn to serve, we find everything in its proper place, everything properly ordered, that we can take up our cross and not find an instrument of torture but a means to glory 